What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 22 of the Amazon Hustle podcast. I usually have a saying where I say, like, we teach you how to take your Amazon side hustle and make it into your main hustle, but I realize that shit is lame. So I'm not going to do it anymore. We're just going to jump right into it. I need to say that it is December 24th, 2022, which is Christmas Eve. So I don't have a lot of time to talk to you guys, but I just want to say, what were you doing when you were 19 years old? I remember when I was 19 years old, I was working at Target. I was chasing a lot of girls. And I had no plan for my future. When I talk to people like our guest today, Ben, and I see he's 19 years old and he's a million dollar Amazon seller, it makes me think back about how much time I wasted. Like I didn't start getting serious about life and about business. I was like 32 years old. I'm 37 now. I wish I would have started when I was 19 years old. You know, being 19 years old, the whole world in front of you, your whole life in front of you, fresh credit, no bills, no baby mama, no kids, no responsibilities. I wish I had the mindset of people that I've interviewed because I've interviewed a couple of 18, 19, and 20 year olds who are doing big numbers on Amazon. And I wish I had that when I started, but I didn't. You live, you learn. I am happy with, with where I'm at now. But like I said, we have Ben. He is a 19-year-old Amazon seller. He focuses on doing retail arbitrage and online arbitrage. Last month in November of 2022, he made 95, he sold 95,000 on Amazon. And he's so close to doing 100,000 a month. Um, we just talk about everything about how he got started. It's He's doing that much on Amazon, but he still is a full-time college student. He has his family working with him. He works very close with his father. His father does all the books and Ben handles all the um, sourcing. And then I think it's, he said his brother handles all the packing. So they are a family business. And it's just really cool to just see how all that is going and how he's doing it at such a young age. So I'm going to stop talking because I still have things to do. Like I said, it's Christmas Eve, but we're going to get right into the interview. And this is the Amazon Hustle episode 22 with Ben. Okay, Ben, can you tell my listeners exactly who you are and what it is that you do? Oh, uh, yeah. My name is uh, Ben Hallis. Um, I've been a full-time Amazon seller for almost two years now. Um, do a mix of uh, OA and wholesale. So, uh, yeah, I've just been selling Amazon for a couple of years and started getting into the Instagram community. So, now I'm here. Nice. Question. How old are you? Yeah, so I just turned 20 uh, actually last month. So, Happy, happy belated birthday. Now, I'm a little bit older than you. When I was 18, because you said you started two years ago, when I was 18, I, I was so not worried about business or anything like that. So at 18, what made you decide to go into doing like e-commerce and Amazon and like things like that? Yeah, so um, I started selling on like eBay from like the time I was like maybe like 14, going to like thrift stores and selling shoes and all yeah. that stuff. Um, my dad, um, is an entrepreneur himself and so is a lot of people in my family. So kind of got a little bit of that from like all of them. Um, and then just wanted to make money and not go and work at like Target or Walmart or something like that. <laughs> I worked at Target when I was 18. <laughs> I worked at Target. That's funny. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you say that your, um, family and your father in particularly was an um, entrepreneur. Do you think that that the whole nature versus nurture theory. Do you think that him being an entrepreneur kind of molded you into wanting to go that way instead of like a traditional way to make money? Um, I'd say I definitely didn't even realize it when I was younger, but I was kind of like part of it. So I think just seeing it um, when I was younger kind of made me be like, oh, well, I guess I could like do stuff like that too, kind of. So I think it definitely, definitely helped me be like, oh, I don't have to like work 
a normal job or just like I can do my own thing if I want. Right. I like that. I like that a lot. Being starting at 18, what did your friends think about when you said that you're going to do this weird Amazon thing and like resell shoes and stuff? What did they say about it? Yeah, actually, one of my like best friends, um, he kind of started it with me and he like was like, oh, dang, like this is actually kind of like you actually have to do some work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. Um, then I had a couple friends like they're like, oh, like, like help me get started. And they're like so confused. They're like, oh, wait, I just scan stuff and I just do that. And I was I was teaching them and they weren't super into it. But I think for them, it just wasn't something they wanted to do. But mm -hmm. Um, honestly, like people just supported me and was like, oh, like, that's so cool. You're doing that. So definitely a lot of uh, like positive um, stuff from them. So that's really, really good. Um, when you decided to start selling on Amazon at 18, what what made you pick Amazon? Because I know you said that you were doing eBay, but what made you not? Why didn't you just stick with eBay? What made you go to Amazon? Um, honestly, I started because I knew people sold a lot of books on there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I sold a, like some random Harry Potter book on eBay and made like 30 bucks on it. And I was like, oh, okay, like I'll look at starting selling books on like Amazon or stuff. And I was like, just took got more into it. And I was like, oh wait, I don't only have to sell like books and stuff. So right. I honestly didn't even end up selling books. I just straight away went to RA. So and what kind of stuff were you doing when you, when you were doing RA? Did you just sell whatever make money or did you um, have like a specific category that you focus on, like, like groceries or health and beauty or? Um, honestly, I just started going to like uh, Walmart clearance sections, Target clearance sections and just scanning everything and just being like, okay, I'm ungated in this. I can sell this. Like I'll just send it in. So pretty much anything that I can make money on. Nice. Nice. And at what point from when you started going to Walmart and Target's, from when you first sent in your first shipment, at what point did you realize that this is actually something that you can make good money at and do it full time? Like, and like, did you know that before you started or, or did your like first sale make that happen? Make you believe that? Like how, like, how did that go? Um, Probably like the first month. Cause I was like, Oh, like I'll just try and like sell a couple things, get like the proof of concept. Right. But in the first month, I think I hit like 4k just selling like random stuff I found. And I was like, I was like, I would have never got close to that on eBay. And it was way easier than eBay yes. at the time. So I was just like, yeah, like I can actually just like keep buying stuff and keep selling stuff. So nice. And did you, cause I, cause I seen on your Instagram that you um, do a lot of shoes. Did you start with shoes also, or is that something that came later? Um, That came later. I did sell a lot of uh, apparel um, probably for, like only six months ago, I really started going hard on apparel because mm -hmm. um, I was going really hard on wholesale. And I was like, okay, like with wholesale, it's like you need some time to f contact distributors, like it's accounts set up and like it's a much slower process. So I wanted to find a way where I could um, keep buying more so I could keep scaling um, more and as fast as I could. So I got into a lot of the apparel and OA and all that stuff probably six or seven months ago. Right. Um, so just to get a jump on like revenue and keep scaling. And now I'll probably say I'll keep doing that for as long as I saw on Amazon. So I have a personal question for you about profits because you posted it on Instagram. So I don't know. It, I don't think that you want to do that. Um, Like you won't be that secretive. Have you hit your first 100K month yet? Because I know here it's, it's at 84,000. Have you hit your first 100K no, yet? I'm like, I'm like itching on it. It's, it's like I've been close maybe two or three times. 
What um, is what what is close? Like ninety five thousand or something? Yeah, we were at like eighty eighty four. Um, okay. Right now, we're probably gonna end the month either at like ninety five or like wow. right at the hundred mark. And I'm really like I'm looking at it every day, being like, all right, what what can I FBM? <laughs> like, what can I get in in a couple of days and then send out? Yeah. And it's just like I'm I'm itching on it, man. Like it's 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 coming. Hopefully in January for sure that I'll like get over there. So. Yeah, I get wanted to hit a hundred K. That's what I'm not like. I do more things than just do Amazon. So I, so I can't focus as much as I want to on Amazon. I'm, I'm yeah. sure if I focus 100% on Amazon, I can get up there. Cause, cause my numbers are really, really good too. But to hit a hundred K in a month, that is crazy. What are your margins? Like, like what type of um profit margin are you making? Yeah. So on, OA items, we try and go for around like 15, 20 mm -hmm. around there. And then um, wholesale, since it's a much higher volume, we'll go for like 10 to 15. Okay. So around 15 on nice. in total, probably. Nice. And you say we, so it's not, you're not like a one man show. So like what, like what kind of, um, I guess, team structure do you have for your business? Do you have VAs or do you have actual employees or how does that work out? Yeah, so right now it's almost like a, a family business. Uh, okay. I have no VAs or anything. Um, my fam We have a warehouse, so we all kind of, my whole family comes there, like we'll pack. Um, and so by we, I just mean like kind of like my whole family comes and helps because it's business between me and my dad because I was so young and didn't have like, any credit and things, I couldn't right? get, yeah. like I couldn't use leverage. So he helped me a lot out with like getting um, credit cards and like getting a warehouse and just doing mm -hmm. the stuff that like, a fresh 18 year old would be able to do so right okay so how does that work when do you consider your, yourself the boss or like how does like how does that work because i've never talked to anybody who like works with their parents so how does that work when you have the parent dynamic but then it's your business also so how does that kind of work out like do you tell your dad what to do yeah i mean it's kind of like a, a mutual thing because i so i focus solely on um like buying and sourcing mm -hmm. Um, and all a lot of the online um, aspect of it and then he does a lot of the the warehouse the accounting that side so it's kind of okay. like if it has something to do with the buying side I'm more of the boss and if he has something to do with like the um, like managing and accounting side he's more of the boss so it's kind of okay. like a, a mutual exchange okay that's that's good like yeah I can see that like you like you both have your like your areas of where you go at. and if it falls into shipping or like buying things then of course they go to you but like the back end of it the taxes and the books and like all that then it goes to your father yeah yeah that's okay yeah exactly it do you have packers um no so my um dad does most of the packing and then sometimes my um i got a lot of brothers and sisters they'll come in um i'm also a full-time student too oh, so in college um, yeah yeah so okay, I, got I don't really do a lot of the packing right now, but I got these online classes coming up. So I'm going to do a lot more packing in the next couple of months. So, okay. This is my question that I, I talked to a couple of other um, full-time college students who are doing crazy numbers. So my question for you is how do you stay focused about school when you're making, like when you're doing hundred thousand dollar months, like how do you control that whole, that whole thing where you like, well, I'm already doing what college is kind of supposed to prepare me to do. 
So how do you still like manage to do the college? Like not like with time, but just the way that you're thinking. Cause me personally, I know if I was making hundred thousand dollar months, I would be like, man, I don't need to do this college stuff. Cause I'm already at where I want to be at. So how do you manage that type of way? Yeah, no, it's, de it's definitely a struggle sometimes. Cause it's like, Oh, if I could not have to be doing this like homework right now, I could be sourcing more and like doing more of that. But I guess my kind of mindset with it is, um, I want to go and learn. Like, I think learning, no matter like what it is, mm -hmm. is like the most important thing. And I think school for certain things, like learning basic, um, like ideas and all that stuff can be good. But I also think it's really great for like um, meeting people yes, and like networking yes. and getting to know like other students and like what they feel and like how, like what they think about business and like just getting a bunch of uh, different like inputs about it. Mm -hmm. um, and like I have professors who started businesses. so maybe not necessarily the degree is super important, but I think uh, like the communications and network skills you make is probably more important than necessarily the degree that you end up getting. So yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that 100%. It's kind of like the experiences and the people that you meet kind of out kind of trump the actual education that you may get. So yeah, I can agree with that. Um, What are you in college for? Does it have any, anything to do with business? Yeah, I'm in um, marketing and finance, so oh, okay. a little bit okay. of both, uh, nice. everything there. Biggest question, after you graduate, what's the plan then? Are you are you going to get a regular nine to five job? Yeah, so my, my plan there was kind of, um, if I can manage it, being a full-time student, and I can take the income from my Amazon, and then also have a nine to five and kind of double my income, like, and still be able to do both things just as well. Mm -hmm. And I think I totally would at first, like when I'm first um, like getting away from college and like having my own like house and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm definitely gonna have a nine to five and do this at the beginning just to stack that money and then either invest it into like a new business venture. I really wanna get into like real estate. That's kind of like my yes. like overarching goal of things. Yes. So, so I think being able to have dual income right out of college is like a big game changer yeah i i uh, i agree with you with the um real real estate that's something that i'm doing now i was i was i was in the army for six years so i have the va loan that i'm that um that i'm going to use to like get my first property and then just keep flipping it from from there there's a stat i don't remember the exact number but it's something like 85 percent of millionaires in the united states have something to do with real estate so it's just obvious that real estate is like the really like big way for you to like like you can do good with like doing e-commerce and, and doing things like that but if you actually want to get to that certain level then you have to get into the real estate also yeah no i totally agree um yeah i've seen that statistic too and it's just like real estate is one of those things that's like everyone's gonna have to live somewhere yes so like exactly. there's it's less risky it's less um like i don't know i just think it's a, a great thing to get into I agree 100%. Um, with your Amazon business, when like, what is the goal? Is the goal to get it to where it's to so automate it that you don't have to do that much? Or do you always want to be so involved into it? Because if you want to do your full-time job and do Rilla, they, I would think that you may want to get it to where it can run without you. Yeah, I would I would totally want to get it to that point. Um, I think I would like to keep like the purchasing and buying stuff on my side just because I, I enjoy doing that and I think mm -hmm. it's like fun and like exciting finding like new products and stuff. Definitely all the warehouse stuff, all that stuff. I definitely want to automate that. 
um, maybe get a couple of VAs to help make the sourcing easier and like more efficient. But no, I definitely want to get out of any of the packaging and warehouse side and mainly focus on just like sourcing because I think that's the part that I really like. So you're doing 100% of the sourcing still? Yeah, I do. I do 100% of the sourcing. Holy shit. Okay. Wow. So, okay. Question. What does like, how do you go about your sourcing? Like what, what um, programs and softwares do you use and how often or how long are you sourcing? Do you do it daily, weekly? Like how does all that work out? Um, yeah. So for the software I use, I, I use Celeramp and Keepa, like the two um, things that almost everyone should have at this point. Um, and then for sourcing, um, I'll source almost every night. I do a lot of sourcing on the weekends just because I don't have classes right during then um but then like with wholesale i mean there can be days where i source for like an hour and i'll spend like thirty thousand just because it's replenishable stuff that i've taken the time before to just find so i mean that totally like you can spend thirty thousand in an hour that's like great so um but then sourcing like oa um probably spend three or four hours on it just as, mm -hmm. as long as i hit my spending like goal for the day then it could be anywhere from an hour or two to two to four hours so okay when you're doing wholesale sourcing are you just looking through the wholesalers catalog or do you already know what you're looking for is it more replans or are you looking for new products um i'm majority it's just replans like probably yeah. 80 percent of it um and then i'll spend some time finding new replens either a new product they have or something i didn't know they had so right. but majority of wholesales all just buying uh, the same stuff every month okay when i because like i focus on online arbitrage and i really want to focus more on retail arbitrage coming in the, um like actually now like i'm focusing more on retail arbitrage but the way i do my wholesale is i don't actually look for new products when i do wholesale I, I, I want to start doing that, but mine is just usually I look for a distributor of an online arbitrage product that I found that I just can't get enough of. Like I yeah. have a product now that I'm selling like 40 times a day and I can't go to Walmart and order 6,000 of those things. So that's when I go to yeah. wholesale. Is that kind of how you do it also? Um, Honestly, I just got, I got into wholesale straight from like RA. Okay. So I was like, I that was how I kind of did it with RA where I had an RA product I couldn't get enough of. They're always out of stock. Um, and then I was trying to find distributors for it. But now, honestly, what I do is I find listings or brands that sell very well. And I'll go to the actual brand and I'll just email them and say, like, hey, um, I'm interested in carrying your product. Um, do you have any local existing distributors that I can like buy it from? Mm -hmm. And then they'll either give me distributors or they'll tell me that like they have a wholesale program. So that's kind of how I do it now is just finding um, like listings that sell really well. Right. Okay. I like that. Um, as being 20 and being so successful with your Amazon business, have you ever had a issue to where maybe your age comes into play to where people would like kind of downplay your success or what you know, based off your age or any, or anything like that? Um, yeah, it kind of goes both ways. People are really either like super excited being like, oh, you're so young and you're doing that. That's great. Um, and then some people, it just seems like um, they almost know like I'm younger. So I guess they don't think I have um, as much credibility, I'd say, where it's like they don't treat me differently, but it's just like they kind of have a feeling that I'm younger. So maybe they might not tell me certain things. 
mm-hmm. but I think it's more of like a, honestly like a personal battle of being like I'm 20 and I'm talking to uh people much older than me so it's kind of it makes me a little more nervous doing it but okay. um but honestly overall people as long as you know what you're talking about you're respectful like people treat you well so nice um if I Let's get into some information that maybe can help some of the people that are listening to the po- to the podcast. If I'm listening to this podcast and I want to get to where you are, what kind of tips would you give me? Like, I'm brand new. I know about what Amazon is. Maybe I even set up my uh, account, but I don't know what to buy or what programs to get. Like, what kind of tips could you give me? Yeah, so I would definitely say um, just start. Honestly, just get your account. Just go to the stores start scanning anything and even if you scan for like three hours and don't find a single product you'll understand what kind of works what doesn't work and then from there just um start watching all the free content you can and then once you kind of have a, like a basic idea and you can start selling i say definitely get like a mentor or someone who can help you scale because for me at the beginning i didn't have any of that and it was a lot of like learning like the basics and then like I got to a point where I was like oh I'm kind of stuck but I think when you kind of feel stuck or you feel like you can't buy more getting like a mentor or like a coach or something like that would definitely help Mm -hmm. um but I would say um go just get started start scanning as much as you can start learning as much as possible and then like it just takes time like the more experience you have in it like the better you'll get at it and then the more you'll sell And then the most important thing, honestly, at that point is just being consistent. Just hit your spending goals, hit the amount of boxes and units you need to send in. And like from there, it all just comes down to like hitting your goals and being consistent. What program do you recommend to do retail arbitrage? That's the first question. Should I just use the regular Amazon seller app or should I get like seller amp or like what do you recommend to do? Because I personally with retail arbitrage, I don't like to use the Keeper app because the chart in the Keeper app is trash. Mm-hmm. so like how do you so how do you recommend that i go about doing retail arbitrage yeah so at first um if you don't want to invest in any software um the normal amazon app like works great um but you do definitely want to have keep it with it because mm-hmm. you don't want to be blindly buying but now like i'm sometimes i'll go to the store like when i'm just picking up something and i'll like scan some of the clearance stuff but the seller um sorry the seller amp mm-hmm. app works great um so i've been using that and it works like perfectly fine and it has all the information you need so i definitely recommend that if you're starting with ra nice yeah funny thing is when i first started selling on amazon i started with books and i did books for like a year and then i slowly started to move over to retail arbitrage but i was using the regular seller app to um, find my retail arbitrage things. And I was finding things that were selling, but the problem that I was coming with is I had so much access inventory. Cause I was like, I kind of had no way to, to gauge how much I should buy. Now yeah. I only buy for enough for like 30 days. I just live on a 30 day cycle. But before I was having stuff that was sitting for like six and seven months. And I think yeah. that's where Keepa comes into that. That kind of tells you the gauge of how many you should buy so that you don't have that excess inventory. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That was something with me too. I would use like the Jungle Scout free sales <laughs> estimator yes. and like go and clicking through all those at first. But yes. yeah, like definitely seller, having someone like seller app that can like tell you how many sales and then going looking through and like dividing based on how many sellers and then like mm-hmm. keep up with all the graphs. I think, yeah, definitely, definitely use that first too. 
Exactly. Okay. I re I remember my question. You said about getting a mentor or, or, or like a coach. So are you the type of person who believes in paying for coaching and like mentorship to like get to your goal faster? Um, yeah, I think it's definitely possible without it, but it's just whether do you want to spend seven or eight months learning the stuff or do you want to spend like one or two months like learning it? Because it's like you're, you're paying when you have a coach or a mentor, I believe you're paying for the experience and the amount of time they spent so you're you're paying for their six or seven months that they took to get to where they are so i think if you definitely want to scale quicker or if you feel stuck that's definitely something that like will help you either get out of it or just like scale to where you want to be yeah i agree with that 100 i always say like this is one of my favorite things to say that it kind of comes down to the time versus money concept you can mm -hmm. either spend time which I believe any anybody can get to a certain a, a certain point with just YouTube and Instagram and just networking. So you can start Amazon, yeah. but it took me two years of failing to get to the point to where I'm at now. So you could take those two years and get there also, or you could just pay somebody and like you said, use their experience and take that two year time and get it down to two or three months. So it just depends on how much you actually want to. How do you feel about people that say you can start Amazon with like no money or just like a hundred dollars or like two, $200. Do you think that's actual, like that's really possible or that's just like some type of marketing thing? Yeah. Um, I think no money, you're definitely going to need some capital start. Um, but I would say like, I started with $700 I had from the summer before, mm -hmm. um, and like slowly grew that to where it is now. Um, but if you if you really want to scale and you really want to make this your full time job as quick as possible, the more capital you have, the better. But like you can totally start out with like 100 bucks and go and buy like 200 books or 100 books. Like that's already 100 to 200 units that you have. Now it'll be much slower. Exactly. I was still going to start it. I was going to say that I used to recommend that if you have like less than $500, like three to $500, then you definitely should go for, for books, but you mm -hmm. should understand that you're not going to be like making these big numbers that you see on Instagram with people making 20,000, 30,000, $48,000 a month, because books are a very slow selling um, inventory. And you actually only sell like 1%. Like I, like I read a, a stat or I, I watch it on, on YouTube that you only sell 1% of the books that you have in your stock on a daily basis. So if you have 200 books, you will be lucky to sell between five and 10 of those books on a daily thing, which will make you some, some money. You will make your money back because you're spending 50 cents on a book and then selling it for 15 or $20. But take that money as soon as you got like a thousand or like 1500 and go right into retail arbitrage. Don't get stuck in books unless you plan to be like the biggest bookseller. Cause you're going to need thousands of books to, to make that big number. But if you want to just use it to get some money and then move it, move into retail arbitrage or online arbitrage, then that's how you should do it. Yeah, no, I agree. And then one, one piece of advice that I see a lot, which I wish I would have done is like, if you, if people listening have like an Ollie's or something like an Ollie's bargain outlet around them, go there because they have books and they're all like very cheap and in new condition. So since they're in new condition, like you can sell the books much quicker and start yes. getting more experience and like understanding how it works because they have piles and piles of books. So like now if I have friends who want to learn how to do it, I take them there and have those them scan those books because I bought some of them too. We were finding books are making five, six dollars and we bought like 60 of them and they sold within a month because they were new. Mm -hmm. 
Did you list them as new or like new? I listed them as new because a lot of them there are in um, the wrapping still, and it's just okay. a sticker you take off, and the the actual book is like untouched. So okay. I've never had this problem happen to me because I used to list books like new, but I heard too many horror stories, so I stopped listing them as new and started listing them as like new. But you never got like an IP cup com complaint from any of the new books or nothing, or um, or um, any or anything like that. No, nothing like that. I mean, definitely, I would definitely look through each book and be like, all right, is there any like tears or flaws? Mm -hmm. But like some of the ones that have like wrapping or are in like actual um, boxes because they're sets like those, I would definitely take a look through and make sure that these are brand new. Nice. Um, and then I know I never had any issues with that. Nice. Um, You said, when did you create your Instagram? And what made you create the Instagram? Because I'm, because I'm sure you have a personal Instagram, so this is like your Amazon Instagram. So what made you go over to doing like a um, Instagram for your Amazon? Yeah, so um, I actually started on TikTok and grew to like 11k followers on there, really? and then I kind of um, I stopped for some reason, which I totally shouldn't have. Um, but then like uh um like Miles and all those guys talk about networking mm -hmm. and all that stuff, and just like the amount of opportunity that like the internet has. Like I didn't use Instagram for probably like the last like three years just because I didn't necessarily see the benefit of it like personally. Mm -hmm. But then for like business, I got it maybe two or three months ago. And like, I've talked to so many sellers. I'm like, I would be on this podcast if I didn't have it. So I think it's definitely like a good thing if you want to get immersed in the uh, community of it. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't have it. Um, until maybe like three months ago. So if I was a new seller, would you recommend that I like start networking through Instagram and reaching out to other sellers? And like, is that something that I should do? Will, will that help me scale my business or is that just like kind of entertainment type of thing? Yeah. Um, if you, it, it's, it helps you scale your business to a point. Like if you're on there and you're like reaching out and you're talking to new sellers and like following and like talking and uh, networking with them it's good but you just don't want to get stuck in the tra trap of just like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling because I know I even get stuck in that and I'm like wait I'm supposed to be like using this to help my business and to network with people mm -hmm. so I think to an extent it's definitely like it's like a great thing to do I agree with you 100% and I want to add a caveat also scrolling scrolling and not like just scrolling and not taking action that's something that you definitely that people can get stuck in i know at at times i'm like okay i've been on instagram way too long let me go do something that's productive yeah. also i think people can get stuck in this um like this envy type of thing where they see that you're doing 80 84000 about to hit 100000 and then they say okay but i can never do that and then they let your success kind of diminish their possible success so don't get so don't go on there and look at somebody else and come and like compare yourself to that also just run your own race learn what you can learn from that person but don't compare yourself to that because everybody starts at a different level like you've been doing it for two years i would be crazy to compare my two months if i just started to your two years but i can yeah. use it to like say that's where i want to be at no yeah totally i think the biggest thing with that too is like instead of seeing it as like envy like i'll go on there in the morning sometimes and see these people selling like 150,000, 200,000 a month. And I'm like, dang, that's like what I want to do. So mm -hmm. I know these people are doing it. So I know I can too. It's possible. So, so I, I definitely kind of changed my mindset to thinking of like, dang, I can't do that to like, wow, these people are doing it. So that means I can do it too, which I definitely use Instagram for motivation like that.
Now, I agree with that. Yeah, like I do that too. I even have like, because you can save posts. I have different folders that I save my posts into that when I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing this shipment today. I I literally will go. I just added your $84,000 one into that folder. I'll go there and it's just a folder of how much people are, are doing. And I'm like, they're not, I'll say to myself, they're not saying they don't want to do this shipment today because if they did, then they wouldn't be at that number. So if I want to get to that number, I got to put in the work. So I definitely use it as a source of motivation. Question, because I hate it. Do you like doing FBM? Yeah, honestly, it's kind of fun. Like, I didn't do it um, a ton before, like, ever. Mm -hmm. um, and just, like, seeing all, like, the shipping, like, printing all the labels and, like, seeing, like, the big piles and, like, the faces you get when you show up to, like, USPS <laughs> or stuff. I actually kind of, it's kind of fun, honestly. What? Okay, because I know that you, like, I, well, I don't know. I'm just guessing, like, you're not... Okay, what percentage of your sales do you think are FBM? I'm, um, I'm, I'm guessing it's lower. Yeah, so in a normal month, like a non-Q4 yeah. month, like 2 or 3%, honestly. So what do you need to decide to do an item FBM instead of FBA? Like what um, like what conditions determine that? Um, yeah, so... Basically, if it's something we only have a couple of and mm -hmm. we'll make the same um, like margin, then we'll totally go FBM. Um, if it's something that there's a very low amount of sellers on, like one or two, and they only have like one in stock, we'll do FBM so we can take advantage of like the higher price. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, I mean, FBAs always seem to be the better option um, with time-wise and um, like profit-wise. But like, if you can take advantage of higher prices or you only have a couple of them, then I'd totally say do FBM. Nice, nice. Okay, we've been going for like 30, 30 minutes now and we both have things to do, so I don't want to keep you forever. I really enjoyed this podcast, this conversation so far. But one of the last questions I like to ask people that come onto the podcast is, do you think anybody can start Amazon and become a full-time Amazon seller? No, I think it's definitely possible. As long as you're willing to be consistent and willing to like put in the work and just like learn the game and always keep learning, I think it's possible for anyone. So nice. Okay, Ben, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I'll have um your links in the um the description, whether on YouTube or um whatever podcast so people can connect to you. Thank you so much. And I wish you the best success. Yes, you too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please do me a favor. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, then give this podcast a five-star review and share it on your socials because it will help me a lot if you shared it to other Amazon sellers. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode, which will be episode 23. I just want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas, and I'll catch you guys in episode 23 of the Amazon Hustle next week. Peace out.